So the first thing we always want to do when we sit is to relax. To relax the body. Noticing all the places where we hold tension and seeing if we can intentionally soften around those areas. This is a wise thing to do. And at any place we find tension in the body, seeing if we can have a friendly attitude, compassionate attitude towards it. softening of the mind around what's happening in the body. And then, of course, relaxing the mind as well. And we do this by noticing if we've sat down or we've started our practice with any agenda to attain something, to avoid something, and letting go of any agenda that we have. All but the willingness to be with things as they are. The willingness to open to whatever is happening in the present moment experience. Noticing its unique characteristics Hardness, softness, pressure, tension, smoothness, roughness, the temperature of heat, coldness, anything in between. Noticing the unique characteristics is a way of being with the ultimate reality of whatever is happening. Not overlaying any concept of what is being experienced. It's just these elemental experiences arising and passing away. And from there, the mind can begin to deepen into noticing the universal characteristics of the experience. Noticing the impermanent nature the anicca quality. Noticing how it's empty of any core, the anatta quality, the impersonal quality. Also noticing the unsatisfactory nature in that there There's nothing to hold on to, really. Everything's taking its course. Phenomena arises, it does its thing in a natural way. And then it disappears in its own unique way. If we try to hold on to anything, it only causes suffering. This is what we learn in the depth of our practice. And we learn to translate that into the world in appropriate ways. 
ways that can interact with the relative level wisely, appropriately. So relaxing the body, relaxing the mind, seeing if we can just receive what is happening moment to moment without any agenda. And today especially, tune into the moments when a faith arises, a confidence arises in the ability to simply open, receive the willingness to see things as they are. Faith accompanied by wisdom seeks out what is skillful, lets go what is unskillful, seeks what leads to true peace and happiness, lets go of what leads to disharmony in oneself and with others. There are so many moments when we realize that we can't do this, but there are also moments when we realize we are doing this, we are opening. There is a willingness to be with things as they are. It is possible. These are moments of faith and confidence. Be sure to notice those moments. Confidence is a mental factor, like joy is a mental factor, like attachment is a mental factor. There are wholesome and unwholesome mental factors. Confidence and faith, these are wholesome mental factors. They can be noticed in your practice. So take note of them. Taking note of these wholesome factors will give the mind more confidence. Ability to be unwavering. So keep your balance in your practice. Staying relaxed, yet alert, moment to moment. And if you lose your way, don't worry about it. Just start again. Let go of that recent past. We will forget many times, but what's important is that we'll remember to notice this present moment. And that's what really matters. So take good care of your practice. Only you can do that.
Do you have any questions about your practice? Yes, back there. Can you speak a little louder, please? Uh huh. What is it that's connecting? Uh, let's see. How can I frame this? If awareness doesn't have an agenda, what is it that's connecting? So let me define agenda in terms of awareness. Awareness doesn't have the agenda to grasp after anything that's pleasant, nor does it have the agenda to push away anything that's unpleasant or turn away from anything that's unpleasant. And I would, those are the major areas of agenda, no agenda in awareness. What connects to the experience? Awareness connects to the experience. There is the object that arises. It can be any one of the hindrances that we talked about, any one of the wholesome factors of mind that we talked about. And when, uh, when the object arises, it arises very naturally in experience, depending upon many causes and conditions, then what we're trying to do here is develop the habit pattern for awareness, mindful awareness, to also arise with that experience. And naturally, they connect in a way. Yeah, it's very naturally. Very naturally, awareness simply reflects what's going on in the experience. So it's like uh, I had mentioned before in the talk about the seven factors. It very naturally reflects what's going on in that moment. So uh, when the reflection is very clear, then there's the ability for wisdom to develop out of that clarity. And what does it reflect? It reflects the impermanent, impersonal, unsatisfactory nature on, on a very deep level. And so that's what we're developing here in the practice. Anything else? Yeah, way back there. Pixelate. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. Mm. Wanting to understand what the word pixelate, the pixelated view of experience, the uh, uncon- non-conceptual view of experience, just basically the moment-to-moment experience. That's how I was using the term. I use the term the same way Steve does. So I, that's how I was intending to use it when I used it the other evening. Yeah. Is there a way to work with that pixelated view? Uh, the naming helps, um, and then we also drop the naming or the labeling. Um, 
this became clear to me some time ago when I reported to Seda Upandita and I said, the name doesn't come, but the view is very clear. And he said, no need to note, just notice. So this recognition of what's happening can take place without putting a name to it. And when that is clear to you, then drop the naming. But in reality, for me and for others, uh, it's this naming, this labeling comes into play every once in a while. Um, if I just look at my sitting this morning, it didn't need very much labeling, very much noting with the word. Uh, the moments of arising, changing, passing away were very clear. It didn't even occur to me to note at all if I look back on my sitting this morning because the noticing was quite clear. But sometimes, especially when there's sloth and torpor or when there's restlessness in the mind or when there's doubt in the mind, those, with those three things, it's uh, very important for me to note because when there's restlessness, the mind is, is very dispersed. It's all over the place. So I really uh, have to say, for example, rising, and it turns the, silently, of course, and so it turns the attention to, this is where I pay attention, this experience of rising. Or when there's, for example, when there's aversion or judging in the mind, and the mind starts going off, and what is being judged, what I like, what I don't like, and what the story is about, and why I was never taught this way in the past, and um, all the reasons why I'm confused because of blaming out there, you know, then I realize I need to just note what's happening in here. So I turn the attention in here, and I notice aversion. And I say it with the word, because it takes the attention and says, this is where to pay the attention, not out there. So it's helpful in those cases uh, where there's restlessness, that kind of restlessness in the mind, where there's sleepiness, where it's not clear, where there's doubt and where to pay attention. Drop it when you need to. And some people have aversion to noting and can't even remember to notice aversion. You know, it's just all about why we have aversion to noting. So when you have aversion to noting, just notice that aversion. That's the place to pay attention. Anything else? Yeah. I'm just curious about uh, who's having a lot of bodily pain. Bodily pain. Yeah, and it's been an interesting exploration of is this just restlessness, or is this just like, it's painful, but I don't care, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick this out, I'm going to investigate this pain, and I just keep coming back to something I think Steve said, that if you just stay with pain a lot, you just get exhausted. Uh-huh. I can see that, like sometimes it's pretty sure what I'm seeing is that my mind is just like, it's just like, oh, I just can't, I just can't hold this anymore. You just can't, you get to the point of noticing the pain, and what comes up is the it's an understanding, really, that if you stay with the pain, you just get exhausted. The mind will wither. Yeah. yeah. So that's wisdom. When you get to the place where it's unbearable and you see that can't be with it anymore, 
and you just see you're just forcing. So use a skillful means then when the pain becomes unbearable and you need to back off. That's okay. You can back off into hearing. Just let the mind open wide and notice something that can be heard in the atmosphere. And just receive the sound by noticing hearing, hearing. Uh, This can be done with pain in the body or pain in the mind and heart when we're overwhelmed by aversion or judging or whatever it is. So open the attention wide and then notice that. It gives you a little respite, hearing, hearing, and then from that wider attention, then come back to the pain in the body. Because sometimes you can't help it. It's so predominant that it's just really calling the attention, right? So just from that little respite, opening the attention, then come back. Open the attention and then come back. It's just a way to navigate that, that terrain. Um, and you'll see that with that little respite, it's just enough rest to be with how it is. Be sure to notice, too, what we don't notice in, in that experience is we don't notice what's going on in the mind a lot. So especially with any painful experience, pain in the body, pain, heartache, that kind of pain, ask yourself the question, what's going on in the mind? Because uh, a lot of times that's the place that's really painful, the aversion to the physical pain. There can be some kind of heartache going on and there's resistance to opening to it or there's aversion to that. So it's, it's really helpful to get used to asking yourself the very short question, what's going on in the mind in relationship to this experience in the body or another? Because that's how these things get layered one on top of the other. That's dukkha, you know, that really painful place. We, and when we come to practice like this, what we're doing is unlayering all those layers of where we've put aversion, attachment, resistance, and one by one we see the kind of onion peel. And that's why we need that rest. Yeah. Yes. In, in the last three sittings for me, every time I... Um, I've been fairly calm, as I told you yesterday yes. morning. And then it'll almost be things come up out of restlessness because I'm just kind of calm and there. Mm-hmm. Um, when I have something come up, um, I start paying attention to it and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, just being aware of it. And I get this voice being like, this is meaningless stuff. Why are you paying attention to this? This is meaningless stuff. Are you paying attention to this? Right. I'm not sure what that means or what to do. With it. Uh-huh. Uh, so like when it's the just like it's, use, it's like it's paying it's attention. Mm. Something in me keeps telling me like this is just like part of your yeah part of your relative reality. It's nothing. Mm-hmm. And so there's a voice that says this is meaningless stuff. Why pay attention? Actually, that's a voice of wisdom. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, how are you paying attention to it? That's a question. You know, are you getting lost in the concept of it? Okay, so just notice the thinking. Just, it's just thinking. It's actually really important to be able to notice thinking 
without getting lost in the concept. So what you're doing is very important. It's to be able to notice the thoughts that come up and just let them go by. Notice them as thinking without believing them, without getting on that train, as Deborah was speaking about the other night, getting on that train and ending up who knows where, but getting used to saying, this is just thinking. The, the thought, this is meaningless, uh, could be wisdom, it is wisdom, but it's also, it might have a little aversion in it. You can check, I don't know. Yeah. And I'm so new to this that, I mean, I kind of sound, I feel silly even saying this out loud, but immediately my mind went to like, I felt I went deeper, but then it was, it was like this almost psychedelic sort of experience, like where all of a sudden it's like, I felt like the message was that the world, like, that reality is my canvas. Mm-hmm. And it's like name your own adventure, but then as soon as I'd have a thought, it would like paint a picture. Uh, to a different yeah. Different experiences come with this. The mind opens to different terrain. So just in the terrain that you described when it when it's things are let go of, then a picture is painted, and then another like a psychedelic kind of kaleidoscoping of what's happening. I would name that as seeing. So instead of, again, instead of, you know, the mind kind of, what's this? What's this picture of? That's not what you did, but it could do that, you know. Then step back and notice it's just seeing. It's just seeing. So it's a, a neutral way of noticing what's happening. Yeah. Okay, it's time now. So we can start the interviews on time. And thank you so much for being on time for your interviews. And um, you can stand close to the door. So when somebody comes out, you can, you can just go in. And, um, and you don't have to walk slowly and mindfully <laughs> to, so that you're not using a minute of your time. <laughs> just walk at regular pace and come in and sit down. Have a good day. (laughs) Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.